your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I had to think about that. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I'm going to, if if you get called, we're going to get calls. Then, we should uh, get calls. I kind of hone the show not to do that, but I'm, I'm putting it out there. I didn't warn you beforehand. I did warn you about 20 minutes ago that, hey, by the way, this show streams, so comb your air. <laughs> Which I forgot to do again, but I have headphones on. That's Lisa David Olson. Hey. And she is, she's in here to pimp her book. Yeah, that's exactly. That's kind of what you're doing. I'm you you have a, 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 what is it called? A book. What is what is the thing called? When you go. A and, book launch. A book launch. Coming yes. Up. Yes. But, but when I think book launch, I think, uh, okay, Lisa's going to sit at this table at a, Bookshop and with a pen sign with it. A feather coming out of it, and then super ex- like not exciting. That's not fun at all. Is that what you're going to do? That's exactly what I'm not going to do. Okay, Rick. so uh, you like that softball? Because I knew that's not what you, you were going to do. You know me better than that. Uh, okay, so you're having a book launch. Your book is called "From the Spotlight to Real Life." That sounds backwards to me. Does it? Because I feel like you start with real life and make it to the spotlight. Okay. So why is it? What, are you like crap? I no, did do it backwards. Not at all. Okay, no. so why is it from the? Because we don't all start in the spotlight and then go to real life. We start in real life and go to the spotlight. So, so unless so you're why me, is yes. Okay. This is all the shenanigans and the things that I've learned from being on stage for over twenty years mm-hmm. and also speaking for a, along the same amount of time. So the things I've learned on stage. My example is almost always Tracy Balzer. That, it, you know, making your partner look good. She's one of my greatest examples with Heart of Lacrosse. You know, we Wait, are. Who a makes team. you make each other look good, or you stand next to Tracy and she makes you look good because she's so terrible at what she does, or or when vice I versa? I forget what I who I am. Maybe I'm Nancy at the bus stop, and Tracy yeah. will be like, "Hey, Nancy." She'll see that look on my. And, but face. what you're talking about is Heart of Lacrosse stuff. When you guys are doing the what I in my head is uh, what is the show. I just, just, I lost it. Improv uh, and sketch. Comedy. Yeah, it's improv, but the the one that whose line is it anyway? Oh, it's it's very Jim, much like Drew that. Perry. Is it is it like that? I have never gone to one, but is it just you is will that in January of, when we're at the pump house? Right. Well, but. I've always said I said we should do an improv show in here to to promote your improv show, but it never came to fruition. I forgot. Yeah, you all forgot. All, all of you. Yeah, like Tracy forgot. works like right down the thing. But uh, anyway, so yeah. you're going to do an improv show as part of the book launch on yes. sa- on Small Business Saturday from the Pump House. Yes. Uh, I didn't write down what time that's going to be at. Between two and four, and I'm imagining that this improv show that's free will be around three o'clock, right okay. in the middle. We're going to have snacky poos, and we're going to have... Little toys and things to do and a cash bar. Okay, so, so when you do an improv show like this, is it are you doing the improv show or are you going to make... Like, how involved would audience members be in this? We get um, the ideas from the audience. I might say, give me a place okay. where two people could meet or yep. give me an unlikely sporting event. Give me the room in a castle. Any of these things. I... The audience just yells them out, and yep. we've got some very interactive, fun sketches that we're going to do. And what's so fun is you're part of it without even getting out of your very comfortable you, that, That's theater, the key, because I, think, because I think when you watch Whose Line Is Anyway, there's every once in a while they have a skit where they bring an audience member out. Correct. 
and then they like adjust their arms, you know, or make them uh, do things or something like that, or vice versa. That I think to me it's vice feels versa. like liability. Yeah, it's scary, right? Like because. I don't want to touch another human, you know, that didn't sign a waiver because in today's world, that's just not where sure. I'm going. Well, and, and yeah, we the, do include people sometimes. Yeah, yes, but they probably have to sign a waiver before. But anyway, that's <laughs> no. that's the whole nerve wracking <laughs> part of them. of being part of a a show that would include the audience is being the like the, what the people's greatest fear is public speaking and then Apparently. death, right? Public right. speaking then death. Is that is that anything that has to do with your book, like? Well, and that's what I was saying is from the spotlight, it's tips I've learned from performing and speaking and how that works in everyday life for communication, for adding humor to your newsletter, to your news show, Mm -hmm. to your social media. So it's adding humor, a quiz to see if you're funny. You said you might take the quiz. Yeah, I should have had you. I was going to I was like, you should send me the quiz and I'll cheat and I'll do it beforehand, but I'll cheat. If we could cheat, does that mean we're not funny? Would you really lie about being funny? Hey, no, but, the, li- the like, phone lines are open. Is Rick funny? 608-785-7914. And funny, am I funny? I feel like I'm I feel like I am pretty funny and witty. Yes. But then if I have to say that, then I feel douchey too. Like, oh no, no. Okay. no. Um and then but if I'm put in on to the test, yes. if you go to test can can you test your funniness? But I think so. also can you test your wittiness? And cleverness. Right. I'm surprised nobody's calling to But then you. I might choke and uh, I can't do it under pressure. So I couldn't do Heart of Lacrosse because I would be there would be too much pressure there. I would make you look good, and that's part right, of the Right, yeah, that, and that's, that goes all, all back to your point, good. right? Like that's exactly your, it. So why did you write this book? Because it's just part of your passion and you need to get it on paper? That is definitely part of it. The other part is I train other speakers, and I went with the common things that come up and how to help people just to get away from stage fright, whether you have... You're going to go speak at an auditorium with 2,000 people, or maybe tomorrow morning you have a crucial conversation with the boss. You're going to need some tips on how to talk yourself through it, not overthink it. There's a whole industry there, just that. Mm, hey, yes. your bo- the boss, we have, we've had this conversation. Pull that closer to the mic. Yes. Uh, we've had this conversation before when your boss sends you the email. Hey, we need to talk. <laughs> and then they send that email, and it's not, we need to talk like 10 minutes from now. No. It's like next week, Tuesday. So for the right. next... X amount of days until that Tuesday 10 a.m. meeting, you're exactly. freaked out. Right. But this is where Lisa, David Olson swoops in and says, I will save you from this talk. I will help you from that right. overthinking. But we always say, too, the boss needs to have a prerequisite that, hey, we need to talk. It's awesome news, by the way. But if you do that, <laughs> then if they don't put that in, then you're totally screwed because you know it's not awesome news. Anyway, uh, we're going to continue this conversation with Lisa David Olson. Her book is called From the Spotlight to Real Life. We'll be back in a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Lisa David Olson is in here. So this is the text line for me today. So I don't know. Loading, loading. When, oh. when Google doesn't work. Okay, let's try Mozilla, Firefox. But then I'll have to remember the password. The Chrome. The kids use the Chrome. Yeah, right? this one. Okay, so this one worked, but I'm not going to have the email saved. So we'll see. Uh, if you want to if you want to shoot a text, you'll have to go onto the... Uh, we don't need no the text. comments on the Facebook Live. We got video. the phone. Go to the yeah, call in, call in and harass her about her book if you want. <laughs> she has a book launch. I said Saturday, and then Brad Williams came thundering in, and it goes, "It is Saturday, but next week Saturday, Small Business Saturday." Is that Correct. how we say that? Small so, Business Saturday. You'll be bopping around downtown anyway, so bop on into the pump house, see the beautiful new displays, and 
come on up to the theater and we'll have now, our improv show. Now, will you also sign the book too? Sure, if I you get will. The book? How many books do you have like ready to go on that? <laughs> like five million? Okay, I should say there's pre-sale going on right now okay. on Amazon. Yeah, with free shipping. I pre-sale really helps your numbers go up, which is beautiful. And, and I'll just say the book is called From the Spotlight to Real Life. And then the like sub subtitle is tips from the stage to reignite teams and spark communication skills. Okay, so who wants this book? Like, why would like who? Yeah, who like who wants to read this? Or who should read this? Yes, I think businesses are a great audience if you want to reconnect your team because great leaders know a connected team is a productive team, a team that can have moments of joy and then go back to work. The joy goes on to the customers. The joy goes into the workplace. Now, the, you know. When you say businesses, are you saying like the boss here should make all his workers read your book, uh, or you should the boss should read the book? The and boss use should what he... hire me to speak and get the book for everyone. <laughs> and get the book for everyone. So that's uh, so difficult. So what you're saying is anyone who has a job should read this book, or you want to write, you want to find ways to be a better speaker, whether it's you know like I said to a big audience or even mm-hmm. just to. You want to be nicer to your partner and be a better listener. Yeah, I mean, everybody speaks for the most part. Well, not everybody, but technically, just, you know, most people speak. So, like, this this encompasses all of that. Because like, when you talk about talking yeah. to your partner, that's one thing. Talking to your boss after he sends that we need to talk email <laughs> is another thing. But I'm, I'm telling you, there's a whole industry there. And you just name it the, like, we need to talk, you know, boss, colon, we need to talk. I'm, I'm here to to help you through that. Yeah, you get that note on a Friday afternoon and then your yeah, weekend is Your weekend shot. Is, is completely ruined. So, yes. um, yeah, improvisation gives you skills that's better listening skills, thinking on your feet skills instead of choking and wondering what to say or do. It gives you, there are some training tips in the book of how to just go forward. And I don't know what to do, but if I did know, I would do this. It's just this encouragement of action instead of choking or freezing. Dick record always yells at me because I um my way through some oh, of this stuff. Oh, don't do that. Is there any, is there any of that? Like, do you have <laughs> tips on that? <laughs> we, I do. We just fix me right now. I say um every once oh, in a while. A yeah. lot, you know, you'll hear a lot of people say, you know, you know what I'm saying? That's one. Um, there's, um, you know, now I can't, now I'm not going to be able to talk. Do you know why people about, say it? It's just a hesitant. Yeah, you're, it's 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 like that's a great question, Lisa. Like, I know I the need, answer, I at least to, in my own head. I need to think for um seconds. You are um, when somebody uses um or know what I mean. It's a filler to hold that spot, so you know I still have more coming out, mm-hmm. but I want a second to think of it. So I'm I'm pausing that you still can't talk because I just used um I'm still filling the air with my voice oh sure that's what I think it is. I, ha- I haven't I haven't got the words yet but I'm not ready for you to to, to take over buffering buffering but, so that we do this a lot <laughs> when I have interviews on the phone I have to kind of do that having phone interviews is tough because for especially when it's callers so they want to get their their thing out and I want to interject because I want to ask them about the thing or just I like to throw one-liners in there. and just I need to say something stupid and then you can go on. But it never works on the phone because I don't know why. Even when it's somebody that I am interviewing, you know that we are having a conversation. You're not a caller that wants to get their two cents in. It's still like, hey, stop talking. Can you stop <laughs> talking for a minute? Because I want to, I don't know. And, and maybe that's not part of what you do, but that's part of a conversation piece yes, that, that, you know. I, I always say I'm a great interrupter. I'm not, I'm, and I, I'm kind of a terrible listener. It might be a guy thing too, but I, I just, I love, like, I, I have to get the, oh, that's a funny, I got a joke for that. 
and then then you can go on, but it never, you know, a lot of times, especially on the phone, it doesn't work very well. No, and that's what you want to do is to be a better listener. And if you do have that great one-liner, you're going to have to hold it off to the side. If it's that great, it's going to work in another two seconds. Okay, so you add humor to what what you're trying to, to promote in the book. But is, is humor like the, the main thing here? No, not because at all. Because not, everyone, not everyone's funny, right? Your Correct. quiz would show. You have a quiz in the book that, that tells you if you're humorous is that, yes. or funny. This, this quiz will say, the outcome will state whether you are funny or not. All right. How many people have you had take the quiz? One. Oh, one. <laughs> Wait, what? One person. You should have. Because it's a brand new book. It's yeah, just sure. Well, I order. thought you maybe had the quiz like. <laughs> In the in your back pocket, and you've been no, doing the quiz for a while, so you just thought it's of this. A fresh okay. quiz. Well, this is great, but you should get the analytics of this quiz. Yeah. Well, according to this out. one person that came was out your, of me, was it your husband? My son. Oh, your son. Is your son funny? <laughs> yeah. And did he pass he took the, quiz? the quiz? And he passed. Okay, so you're one for There's one. It's not on a the... pass or fail. It's are you funny or not? You don't have to be funny. No, for sure, it's not a. Well, you do fail the quiz on not being funny if you don't. You could, but I want to know if the quiz is legit because you got to take the funny people that you know. Yes, and then have them all take the quiz. Well, that's a good point. And then, and then, if the quiz comes back 100, percent they they were funny according to the quiz, then you know the quiz is legit. Yeah. But if you take all the funny people you know and only half of them, and you know because you're just like these people are, you have to take your funniest friends. You got to. These people are funny, (laughs) and they. Didn't pass the quiz, so then your quiz is flawed. And see, you, it's this not is why I thought fail maybe you, or pass. So I'll I'll definitely run it by you later and make sure that <laughs> that you don't have this nightmare of the dreaming about being in school trying to figure out your locker combination because I said the word quiz. Right. But no, the book is not about being funny. The book is more so about communication and speaking tips. Okay, because because if it but was damn, it's funny. But, but but a great part of being able to you know relate and and have a good conversation is being able to interject some humor however that however that works but that's not everybody so is there a chapter in the book like you aren't funny so this is what you have to do no i'm just kidding but that's the next by the way come to grips with reality that you're not a humorous person this is your alternative plan if you don't think you're funny you should buy two of my books (laughs) right okay so that that works too i suppose yes um, uh, another thing that you have done, you've done three of these, it's called TEDx. Yes. And it's, it's a, like a, it's kind of like Ted talks, but can you explain what it is, what TEDx is and, yes. and how it relates to Ted talks and what were your TEDx's? TEDx's is, <laughs> uh, on TEDx, TED stands for technology, entertainment, and design. And a TEDx is off to the side. It's an independently run situation. So TED is the big mambo, but yeah. TEDx is where this group of business people is running one at the college or, you know, at a historical theater, and it's all volunteer. Okay. You do not get paid for doing a TEDx. The people running it do not get paid. Generally, your tech people or your photographers, videographers, they're going to be paid, of course. But it is to speak, you have an idea worth spreading, that big thing you have to get out of your body and share an idea that you want people to yeah. know. So you've and done so, three of these. So what yes. were your, what, I don't know. Do you have a favorite or do you, what were the three? My most recent is you said they my had favorite to be different, just from right? the experience of it was fantastic. But the first one was in Indiana and that one was how humor saved my life. So it was a, a bit of a, a, a solid tone of a true story about my childhood. You know, you know how I told you like, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to, <laughs> to like end the thing. 
Well, this is the like we at, we're at the three minute mark and you're like, oh, you know, the, the, the how I my life was saved. I was going to die. But this thing happened. <laughs> By the way, we only have three minutes and you have the other. Oh, you can Google it. You're right. OK. <laughs> anyway, what were OK? Keep my going. second one was through Brazil over Zoom. That was very different. And that one was pranks. Wait, through Brazil? Through Zoom and a three camera setup, thanks to my okay. amazing husband, Todd Olson, and yeah. one of my sons helped. So uh, you had to send in your own video. Okay. But again, you're, you're chosen through hundreds of applications. Yeah, that's crazy. But that was pranks, the health in pranks, in nice pranks, not kick them in the yeah, hearts yeah, yeah, yeah. pranks, in the ding ding. And my third one was recently, just last month, in Virginia. And that was my favorite dare, why I talk to strangers. Your favorite dare. I so dare like, myself daily. Yeah, you do. I see that on your like you're you're the one I see all the time is like serious selfies, right? I, yes. Oh, okay, so what is that about? Like, why serious wh- selfies? Well, no, just the, that in general. The like, I'm going to make this other person in public uncomfortable by. No, <laughs> that's not it, dude. No, um, it's me putting myself out there, sweating in the weird places, accelerating my heart rate because I'm going to speak to a stranger and I don't know how they're going to take it. Yeah. And it makes me nervous. But that may make that stranger nervous in some regards sometimes. I have made so many friends and interactions and business things from just getting my face out of my phone and interacting with another human. Yeah. You should try it. You should try it. And all of you should try it. Okay. So what is, what is the best way to do that? I just, for me, this is the LDO method. I walk up and I say, can we get a picture together? I've never been told no. And then right before we take it, I go, all right, but we're going to be serious. Mm-hmm. And I show them where the camera is, and you laugh ahead of time, trying not to smile because we're trained to smile like little monkeys. Smile for the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say and cheese. And afterward, yeah. you look at the picture, and it's ridiculous and funny. But All right. I, so yeah. do you think you're better at that because you're you? Because if I did that, I'd be like, who is this big creep? Like, why? Uh, get away from well, me, Well, then I sir. dare you to try it <laughs> before the weekend and let me know what happens. This is really awkward. But I, in my head, I'm thinking the movie My Blue Heaven. You ever see that movie? I have not. Where it, and he's hitting on a girl. He goes up to the freezer <laughs> section. She's like, you shouldn't be standing here in the freezer section. And she's like, oh, why is that? And he's like, because you could melt all <laughs> this stuff. I don't know why I thought of that. But it's like my one of my favorite lines from a movie. Anyway, that's Lisa David Olson. She has a new book called out called uh, called From the Spotlight to Real Life. The book launches November 25th, which is Small Business Saturday. It's at the Pump House from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. There's going to be an improv show, so it'll be fun, regardless of whether or not she signs your book or not. Uh, yeah, did that cover it all? You did. I appreciate you so much, Rick. Okay. And, I, and I do think you're funny. Okay, well, I'll take the quiz later and we'll see. Um, Coming up, I'm going to talk to City Council Member Mark Newman about the budget that passed and your taxes. Your taxes, City of La Crosse members, they're going up. Mark's going to tell us about it. That's not funny. No, it's not funny. But I'm I'm, I'm laughing uncomfortably. It's uncomfortable, yes. All right, that's coming up. Thanks, Lisa. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone with me now is City Council Member Mark Newman. He represents District 13. The City Council just passed their budget. Wait, wait did you um, on Monday? You did that Monday. I was like, I was That's trying to think. Right. Like, I was trying to think. They they did this at their Thursday meeting. They didn't do that. They they passed the budget at Monday. It was a public hearing. Uh, the the Lacrosse County Board had a public hearing at about the same time. Their public hearing took four hours, and they had uh, I think a dozen or so people speak. The city council's meeting uh, on the budget lasted about an hour and had one person from the public speak. Were you surprised at that, Mark, that not more people uh, came to to speak at the meeting from the public? 
Um, I guess I wasn't. I, I looked out at the audience and didn't see many people, and I didn't really consider it one way or the other at that point. The the budget is seventy two point three million dollars for next year. I think that's what we do. And I don't know if you set it at that or uh, how do we get to that number? Seventy two point three million dollars. So we have to uh, cover our expenses. And so it has to be balanced with the resets. So we have uh, um, several ways that the city makes money or collects revenue each year. The most important part of that number is our property tax. But we also have funds that come from what we call shared revenues. That would be particularly the state of Wisconsin that um, provides some support to its municipalities and other local um, governments. This year, we actually had an increase that was significant over prior years of $1.8 million more that came from Madison uh, for a total of $18,600 coming in shared revenue. And we also have some other uh, sundry taxes, license fees, grants that we receive. But another significant contribution is um, a non-recurring revenue that we are able to use from the ARPA funds that came from the federal government for COVID recovery. And these are important for us to recognize. They are non-recurring. So we're using them in a way to cover a deficit or, you know, a difference between what we're collecting and what we have to spend. And that this year, it's $2.25 million out of our um, ARPA uh, lost revenue recovery fund. So that was a total originally of about $10 million. This year, we're using 2.25. We have about $1.5 million that remains in that federal assistance to our local municipal government. Yeah, I think the city got around $21 million total. Um, how, how, how scary is it that you're using, I don't know if scary is the right word, but $2.25 million in ARPA funding this year, you won't get to use that next year. So you got to make ends meet a little bit better next year. Um, that that idea is ha- hanging very heavy on, uh, you know, the awareness of your council members because, you know, to be able to use a non-recurring uh, revenue source, uh, we have to think very seriously about our expenditures because, um, as I said, we still have a little left of that um, support, but we have to make provisions for when we will not have it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what's really heavy, weighing heavy on our council members. Where do we need to prepare for the future when we, that we don't have to suddenly increase our other sources, particularly the property tax? And then with the shared revenue, you get $1.8 million more this year, 20% increase in what shared revenue because the state legislature changed the model of shared revenue. And, and I understand every million counts but did they change the model of shared revenue enough or should the city, I mean, $1.8 million doesn't seem like all that much in a budget that's $72.3 million, you know. But on the flip side, $2.25 million in ARPA funding is huge. So it's just that, you know, it's kind of funny to look at it both ways. Right. Um, so I would certainly agree with what you just said. Um, we, uh, you know, our municipalities and our local governments, they provide a lot of service to our society and to our community and a lot of uh, services that um, 
are provided within La Crosse are benefits also for people who don't live in our town. And so the sharing that we, I mean, the support that we get from, you know, from Madison, essentially a lot of it would be um, income tax, the, the statewide income tax. It gets distributed to local municipalities. And this is a real important way for, I think, this is Mark Newman speaking for himself, mm-hmm. that it would be good for all Wisconsin folks to recognize that um, that support helps our helps our life together in, in the state by supporting our local governments. Um, all right. So the, I think the, the big headline, and you're going to have to explain this to me and maybe I think, I, I feel like I'm not alone here is that the uh, property taxes are going to increase your, your, if you own a home, or maybe even if you rent, maybe rent goes up. I don't know if there's rent control, uh, but if you own a home, your, your property taxes are going to go up by about, if you own a $150,000 property, they're going to go up by about $105 next year? Yeah, that's correct. Um, so that all depends on the assessed value of the property. And um, those ass- that, that comes through our assessor's office with state regulation of how these assessments are made. And, um, it, of course, it adjusts. Um, as values uh, change, you know, with inflation and so forth. But dependent upon the assessed value, which you, which is notified on your, uh, you know, annual tax um, bill, um, is multiplied times the mill rate in order to get your, you know, final city levy for um, real estate tax or personal property tax. And this year, then we, we say for an assessed value of $150,000, you know, just take, take a number. Last year, that was about $1,302 for um, an assessed value of $150,000. This year, 2024, it will become $104,000 or $1,407 per $150,000 assessed value. So it goes up um, that percent, you know, that percentage point about, um, what does that turn out to be? About 8%. Yeah. That, okay. And this is, this is the thing that we all love to complain about, right? Like our property taxes are going up. Is that essentially what we're saying here? Yes, it, that's exactly what happens. And it is certainly um, a heavy burden on the, on the minds of the council members to say, how can we get how can we continue to provide the services that are so important to their citizens without, you know, without burdening the property tax and other sources, particularly the shared revenues from the state are a real important part that potentially could be increased to take that pressure off of our property owners. How, how, long ago did you did you guys realize like okay this is this is going to be a reality the property taxes are going to is it fair to say property taxes are going to increase by eight percent is that the the fair way to say that yes um i think in the way that i just described it so the assessed value um the um mill rate increases and so the the tax on that hundred and fifty thousand assessment does increase right okay correct uh, yeah, and and as you're as you're devising the budget over the past couple of months or more months than that, um, you, you you probably saw this coming. I, I, and did, did, were you as council members were you trying to avoid it? Were you trying to? Because I don't I don't know. Like I, I feel like if we put it put it out there 
uh, a month ago, public hearing your property taxes are going up by 8%. I feel like more people would have showed up at that meeting than if you just say we're having a budget meeting. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, probably. You know, um, the city, about 60, about two thirds of our budget goes to pay the people who work in our government, our local government. That includes our um, community safety, our the, the fire and rescue, the police department, and parks and rec, all of our people that work to provide services. It's really about two-thirds of our annual expenditures. And then we also have to pay for the debt that we incur for our major improvements. So when we um, you know, improve roads or do anything in terms of capital improvement, that debt, we take on debt to do that, to cover those expenditures, and then we have to pay that off, and that's called debt service. That's about 12% of our you know, annual operating budget. And that debt service actually increases right now because interest rates are increased. So then we have to ask ourselves, well, how can we reduce the burden on our tax base? Um, one thing is to do less capital improvement um, so that we have less debt service to, to manage. Mm -hmm. The other way is to reduce services. And in, then you ask, well, which services do you want to reduce? And it would, in some instances, it would mean that we would have to decrease the, for example, the fire department um, number of um, agents that uh, provide safety and rescue. Yeah, I think and we, that's something that we do not want to do. Well, I think we've seen that, and unless that changed when the mayor came out a couple of months ago, he said um, we we were gonna not we were gonna leave open at least one position with the fire department, and I think it's a total now of four over the last two years, but only one of those is full time. And the police had had requested some amount of overtime that we weren't going to grant for next year. Uh, so those were two things, right? And you say, and you said the, anyway, I'll let you comment on that. Is that stuff that still happened with this budget? Yes. So what happens is our mayor approaches, works with his um, department head in order to look for any way that we can trim the budget and find ways around it. So the, those two examples you just offered were ways of trying to reduce the burden. Yep. So, it's kind of like shaking the coins out of the, you know, out of the furniture as best you can. Um, or, or else you're looking for, well, what else do we do that um, we can stop doing so that we don't have to pay for it anymore? Yeah. And those questions get hard to answer real quick. I don't think we shake furniture to get the coins out. I think we dig in the pockets like we dig in the cushions. <laughs> so I don't know what kind of furniture you got over there, Mark, but uh, I'm, I'm not picking up my couch. <laughs> no, okay. Well, I'm just trying to say that. No, I'm just. I know. It's, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. I just had to. I had to invoke yeah. some humor there. Hey, when you say the 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 two thirds of the budget is going towards city workers, okay. So what I have the number I have here is police and fire account for twenty six point seven million of the seventy two point three million dollar budget. That's like thirty seven percent. So is that like police yeah. fire workers along with other stuff that police and fire do that, that accumulates, you know, the costs? Right. I mean, providing for our, our uh, workers is uh, the, you know, is the heavy expense. That's yep. the heavy burden. It's, it's also 
like all service agencies, it's very similar to what happens in our health facilities. Um, it's almost commiserate. I think like 70% of the cost of operating a hospital is paying for the people that work in the building to care for the patients. It's a very similar sort of dynamic. From yeah, my for sure. Oh, I just wondered when you said the, the budget was two thirds, well, police and fire account for 36%. That's way more than two thirds. Is it? No, you're, no, you're right. You're right. Well, what am I thinking? No, that's right. uh, 36%. Yeah. Two thirds yeah, is 66%. I was thinking and- one third. You're right. No, I'm way off. I'm way off on that. So, yeah, yeah police and fire are about uh, maybe thirty-six uh, percent. I, I a little that. over half, little little over half of our personnel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes. Yeah. Totally. Um, all right. So, like, I, I guess you, the the next step would be uh, with the, with the budget going forward is, is is more ways to shake the couch cushions, right? Because this this is only going to get harder next year. Or will it get is easier when you do this next year? Well, well, I, from our perspective right now, it doesn't look like it's going to get easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always hope that, you know, what I've alluded to already, and it's sort of like beating the drum, it, can we rely upon our state uh, income to be distributed to our local municipalities so that those services that, that are so um, important to, you know, the quality of life of us day by day can be made available without... Um, overburdening the property owners within those municipalities. Um, some of the other things that we I've discussed on the show in the past is large item pickup. That was actually an amendment that pa- did not pass. So we're not doing large item pickup anymore. Um, I think a community center, Barb Jansen brought up that we're, we're ending a lease with a community center. I think we run senior programs out of that. So we'll have to have those senior programs at other places. Anything else that really got cut out of the budget that to, to, you know, make the, make ends meet. Um, you know, nothing that really comes to mind to me uh, on the instant here, just talking about it. Um, the, I think the, you know, that um, big item pickup, that was one that took on quite a bit of discussion on Monday. Um, and there were so many sides to that our, um, con- consideration, but ultimately it was a, a split vote and it did not pass. I guess the- we did. And uh Go ahead. Oh, I said I was going to say I got like a minute here. I guess the the last one I I the the library obviously we're yeah. closing a branch of the library saves a hundred thousand oh, um, dollars. But that was exactly. but we knew that going forward. We we'll go already. Yes, that's true too. Every one of those closures just causes a certain amount of anguish for us who want to make them available. But at the same time, you know, you we have to recognize the limits of what we have to work with. All right, that's Lacrosse City Council Member Mark Newman. He's the scapegoat today. I appreciate you coming on, Mark. And it's not fun. It's not fun to talk about, but I made you the scapegoat today. Thank you. All right, thanks for the appreciation. And a time to you, my friend. Bye bye. All right, thanks everybody. Uh, we'll be back after this. All right, that's going to wrap it up for a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks again to Lisa Olson. Your book launch coming up on the day after Black Friday. <laughs> How about that? On Small Business Saturday. And thanks to Mark Newman for coming on and helping explain the budget. Coming up tomorrow, Lacrosse School District Superintendent, Dr. Aaron Engel, and the Facilities Advisory Committee report. We're going to talk about that. Uh, We saw in the news yesterday, today, I guess, today and yesterday, that uh, some people are trying to keep Northwoods Elementary School on the uh, out by the mall on County B, trying to keep that open. 
we did have kind of a funny conversation about like, should we change the speed limit if Northwood school is no longer going to be a school? Um, but who knows? We, we, we saw a bit of a fight here to, to keep that school open. It's the nicest building in my head. There's two ways to look at this. If you're trying to get rid of buildings and then sell them as we're doing with that other school, the middle school in, in lacrosse here, well then wouldn't you want to take Northwoods and sell that building? Cause it would be worth the most or would you want to keep that building and sell the other ones because the cost to renovate the other building would be more expensive. I don't know. Uh, Engel gave us uh, reasons last uh, couple weeks ago about why we would close Northwoods over the other schools. So we'll see what he's got to say tomorrow. Thanks everybody for listening.